When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a very special Wednesday episode of the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex, assistant editor and film writer at Deadline.com. On today's episode, we have the talented and the legendary producer, Effie Brown. Now, you may know Effie Brown from Project Greenlight with, um, you know, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and her sort of standing up to them and letting them know that um, having uh, sex workers of color in their films is stereotypical and not a good move and so on and so forth. She, she's someone who I know that keeps it super real and someone's work and, and tenacity and honesty I really admire, so I'm really excited for this episode. So I'm going to talk a little bit about her and Game Changer Films. Now, Game Changer Films was launched in 2013 as the first equity fund dedicated to financing feature films directed by women in order to address gender disparity in the film industry. In January 2020, Brown was named a new CEO of Game Changer Films. Now, she's been a longtime advocate for diversity and inclusion within the film industry, and she produces and develops and finances content by and about women, POC, LGBTQ+, and people with disabilities. Prior to joining Game Changer Films, Effie Brown produced Real Women Have Curves, um, Dear White People, and Lee Daniels' Star on Fox, and Disney Channel's Zombies. I don't know if you remember any of those films. And everybody should know Star. That was one of my favorite shows back then. Uh, most recently, Game Changer Films has co-financed Netflix Passing, which is directed by Rebecca Hall, starring Ruth Nega and Tessa Thompson. And she is currently showrunning A Fashion Tale, a four-part Disney slash Vice docuseries to be hosted by Gwen Stefani. Now, this will explore how Disney media has influenced pop culture. Upcoming projects include Stranger with a Camera, which will be directed by Orlok George, and this will be their feature-length debut. She also produced Amazon's Run, Sweetheart Run, which I just watched last week uh, and was pretty good. Also in the pipeline is Pale Horse, which will be the debut feature film by actress Gabby Sidibe. And she's also producing a film called Sorcerority, starring and co-produced by Taraji P. Henson, Gabrielle Union, and Hunt. Now, this will be a horror feature rooted in Gullah Geechee mysticism. But today, we're going to be chatting about her newest venture, The Inspection, which is an A24 film written and directed by Elegance Bratton, starring Jeremy Pope, Gabrielle Union, Raul Castillo, and Bokeem Woodbine. This film is inspired by Elegance Branton's life story, and it follows a young gay black man who is rejected by his mother for being gay. And with few options for his future, he decides to join the Marine Corps and do whatever it takes to succeed in a system that will cast him aside. 
because the film takes place during Don't Ask, Don't Tell. I won't say much more than that. I'll let Effie take the reins on that one, but it's definitely a great film and I ended up seeing it at TIFF and really had some strong feelings about it because I myself was in the military for a long time and noticed some things and it definitely brought me back to a time in my life that, you know, I'll never forget. Now, if you like what you hear on today's episode, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast on Apple and Spotify. And with that said, let's get into the conversation with producer Effie Brown. I wanted to make sure that it wasn't and I, do, I dislike these types of movies. Mm-hmm. I call them woe is me movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's all about the struggle. And it's all about like, you know, like you can see it. Mm-hmm. And like poverty porn, like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not interested in that, but I do believe in giving a complicated, fully realized character study of someone going through something and elegance I felt really nailed that. I know that from my father and my grandfather, you know, my grand, like not like you know, they were in Germany, they were mm-hmm. Nam, they're like all of these things, and um, and their experience where they were like, no, people really thought that we had tails. People thought that you know what I mean. Like you just don't until you get in there, you just don't, you just don't know. And um, anyway, so I that those were the things that to sort of build that understanding. And I also think, and I'll get off my soapbox. I'm also a big believer in building bridges, right? Because I think a lot of time people in middle um, red states or what have you, you know what I mean? The people who are ultra, like don't believe that we're there, right? They don't believe that we've contributed or that we aren't actually a necessary fabric, you know what I mean, of, of this service, you know? So anyway, so those are all the things that made me that want to tell this story. And since I, I've always, and I'll, this is my little dirty secret, I've always wanted to go into the military, but my father and my grandfather were like, you can barely handle our authority and you don't listen to us. You wouldn't make it. You would like, (laughs) so I was like, oh, this might not. So this is my contribution. Yeah, like my, my sister was a little worried about my military service because I was 25 years old. Oh, you were young. And I was a New Yorker that already had an established life. Yep. And she was worried. And she was like, well, I was in the army, so I don't think you're going to go there. And she was like, maybe you're not cut out for the Marine Corps. Because my sister was also in the Army Reserves for eight years. Okay. um, She was like, why don't you try the Navy or the Air Force? So I wanted to travel. But the Navy, when I went there, was closed. The Air Force door was open. So that's I just walked in the open door. And, And I think that is a lot about the struggle that Ellis is sort of going through he was like i want to be a marine and he just sort of walked through the door but let's be honest like the military is like the biggest social safety net in america it has free health care housing rent three square meals a day education um and that's how they that's how they grab people you know 100 percent. i mean let's like let's not let's be very very clear about it it's black and brown indigenous bodies that you know, I think that they're appealing to mm-hmm. because that is a way for us to get a leg up mm-hmm. a thousand percent. Like mm-hmm. I really can see that, like just in my history mm-hmm. of being like, oh, the GI Bill, this is how we got mm-hmm. the house. This is how we got that. A hundred percent. And unfortunately, you know, I'm hoping that it's different today a bit. Okay. You're like this. It's not. No, but I, but like, you know, but they were literally putting us 
to the front of the lines to be sort of slaughtered, right? Not slaughtered, but to be in the front lines. Mm-hmm. Whereas like white and, you know, those of the dominant culture were put in officer school and the, uh, that sort of training where we were sort of being meant to be grunts and sort mm. of expendable. Mm-hmm. So that is, which I also really loved about this story is that you saw Castro, mm-hmm. you saw, you know what I mean? You saw like that it was very representative, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Of like who actually gets in there. It usually, and also, you know, and it's, you know, it's class too, you know, it's like a lot of people who are poor, like don't get it twisted. There's a lot of like young white men that are like, I need, mm-hmm. I need those things as well. And this is an avenue in a way but who gets to go to be an officer, who gets to go to be on the front lines, I think is something of a conversation that still can be had. Yeah, and what's interesting is um, the way that sort of elegance sort of ex- ex- explains his time in, um, which he looks at, you know, pretty favorably, which I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it, were you on set? Like, what was it like to capture these moments that happened in Elegance's life and to see him seeing that through a different lens. That was deep. That was really deep. Being able to be on set because I'm on set from beginning to bitter, bitter end. Mm. We're still delivering the movie. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? (laughs) I'm like, even though we're about to screen like on Friday, um, it was really, it it was a, it was a fine line, you know, and it was something that was really, really, um, you could tell moving for him. And, um, and he wanted to take a real look at it, right? Um, you know, so I, I mean, so it was in that respect, I was really grateful to be a part of it and to be able to shape it because sometimes real life experience doesn't make a narrative story. So there were certain things that we had to do to make it more of a satisfying narrative experience. Um, but I also really, I, I also had to go back and be like, oh, my dad and my granddad were right. I don't think I would have been able to hack it because we literally did, like, <laughs> you know, we literally did like mock-ups of like boot camp, and the, those fellas really went in to boot camp. We actually had Octaya, who was the woman who was actually their sergeant, their drill sergeant, who got them into shape, right? And I was like, I could never be as fierce as this woman. Like that's a whole different level of dedication mm-hmm. and a whole different level of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I will say, we shot in Mississippi in the summer and it was why did we do that i don't know that i that, that put that squarely on my back where i was like we have the money let's go make the movie make the movie <laughs> you know what i mean uh, but being realizing of like oh my god i had a whole like the the guys that are over in the middle east, other people i just keep saying guys because it's definitely women mm-hmm. um in the middle east and being like you have all that gear on and it's a hundred and something degrees like how do you not pass out because we were in that, that was our big challenge. Mm. Allowed to be like, no, we're really training. And people were like, real talk, passing out. Mm. <laughs> we were like, we're like, Ugh. and of course it's also during COVID as well. So there's lots of things, lots of challenges, but that Mississippi heat was no joke. Y'all were in the trenches, like, like literally when I say in the, in the trenches and I was really grateful because I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my little black behind and I'm going to go into this room right here and sit down and watch it on a monitor while they were actually doing it. And it was seeing it on Elegance's face when the cast got it, when they're really doing caterpillars and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're really in that, you're really in that yard with ants and everything else. Things are biting you. That's what it looks like. Keep with it, you and know? also what I found interesting was when I was screening it with a group of people, I could 
see the I can see the uh, uh, the discomfort and the shifting of bodies. You know, when the gentlemen speak to each other about certain things oh. and how they talk to each other. Oh. And I was just sitting there like, oh. that's how they talk to each other. That is also very true. And that I have to tell you, that was one of the things that I think um, Elegance and I and a few other people would sort of battle over. Because like when they get the, the naked pictures mm. sent to them, I was like, Ooh. Mm. Ooh. you know what I mean? It was really every fiber of my being found it really repulsive. And he's like, do you really think men don't talk like that? And I was like, I know, but I don't want to have to finance it and put it on the screen. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, but there's certain things that you have to do to be like, you're going to have to get uncomfortable because that's things as they are. Not as they should be, but as they are. Trust me, being in the women's bay was 10 times worse. Oh, I believe that. Oh, I well, that's, like, that's what I believe that. And when I say it, it's perfectly fine. Right. But when a man says it, I right, think it's course. disgusting. Of right. course, of course, it is disgusting. It is disgusting. But, you know, the focus, it, it's just, it just, the inspection really just brought me back to just anything, like simply, like even to basic training and uh, just recalling mm. um, the things that were discussed between men and women, the things that the yeah. women uh, we're talking about are starkly different than what men were probably talking about in their base. I'm sure. And it was a really, it was a really, really interesting experience. And I don't know, I, I told Elegance that maybe he inspired me to actually write my own autobiography about my time in the military because it was really interesting. Um, but being a black woman in the military is a completely different I can imagine. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But anyway, back to the back to the film. How did you find the perfect Ellis? I I, I really like Jeremy Pope in the role. There's a a certain level of authenticity that he brings to it. Um, I don't know, and there's no shade or whatever. I just don't know if a straight actor would no. have brought the same. No. That wasn't even honestly just to be very clear about that. You know, I am. Um, I have a company called Game Changer Films where our motto is you can't make something about us without us. It was never even an option to have a, uh, a heterosexual male play that part. That doesn't, I don't believe in that. Ellis, um, um, Elegance didn't believe in that and A24 backed that. So our challenge was to find an out actor who had the gravitas and the talent and the skill to pull that off. And I am so grateful that we found Jeremy Pope because he fucking killed it. He killed that role. And what I love most about like his talent is, is that there's so much going on behind his eyes, right? His body is doing one thing or his, you know, his, he's saying another, but you can totally read like kind of what he's thinking and what he's feeling and still persevering. But also what I love most about him 
is that he was able to deliver humor and also that sort of like, what? Like, mm. I believe 100% he was East Coast. You know what I mean? Mm. I believe 100% that he was- Is he, he from was, here? I don't know. I don't know if, um, I'm saying the character. Do you know okay, what I mean? Okay, the character. Yeah. I don't know where Jeremy is from, but I know he's here quite a bit and, and East Coast, but there's a certain sort of, like I'm, I've lived in Los Angeles a long time, but right. I'm a Jersey girl. Mm-hmm. And there's just a certain sort of like backbone, a yeah. little bit of like, what? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like step two, like someone's coming for you. You don't back away. Right, right, right. You take two steps forward and you're like, I'm on my feet. Mm-hmm. Let's go. You know, and like what I loved about Jeremy that he had that innately, right? Which is what I loved about French's character mm-hmm. is that he was someone of like, don't think just because a lot of people have that stereotype, like just because I'm gay, don't think that I'm soft. Mm-hmm. Like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that because I was like, that was something that I wanted to see and really wanted to amplify mm-hmm. to be like, don't get it twisted. Do you know what I mean? These are just as capable soldiers as anybody else. They have to be. More so. Right? You know what I mean? More so. Coming up when you're queer and you're on the street. Stop it. That's the most dangerous places to be. Right? And that's that's when I saw that script. I was like, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. I'm totally, I'm 100% in. And we love the fact that we were actually able. And it's also a bit of authenticity as well, right? that we were able to deliver on. And I tell you, like, it's a blessed day. Like, I do think that, like, movies come together when it's time Mm -hmm. and people show up to movies when it's ordained. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy came in and we were like, and it was, honestly, there wasn't, I'm trying to think of, like, there wasn't, like, even a big bake-off between anybody else. It was Mm -hmm. literally, like, this is our guy and getting that together Mm -hmm. and being like, this is the guy, Mm -hmm. this is the guy. You know, and people, because he's such a talented actor and like he's a singer and a, you know what I mean? We're like, mm. at first we're like, can he? And then he saw him and we're like this, oh, he can. And he did. And he killed it. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was just, all I can seem to think about is just like how everything just sort of like hit. And now, even now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like getting these flashbacks of like low crawling and through the sand right? and, and getting, you know might bites because of the sand and all of this craziness like that i just what is it do you what do you think that people will take away from watching the inspection because i know you know to be candid coming out of the screening a lot of people was like i I don't get it and you know that's an annoying response because (laughs) i thought the film was pretty self-explanatory but only 1% of the population joins the military. And but without them, where would we be? Come that, on. But also, like, stories are human stories. Just because you don't get it, it doesn't make the story, like, outside of humanity. If you can identify with someone who has been displaced and is looking for their position in this world, what is there not to get? I agree. I don't understand. I mean, here's the thing. What I, I'm going to take there. I don't get it. And I've been around a long time where I'm going to say that, like, that's a way of opening a door of questioning. Right? Because maybe if they don't get something, at least they're asking, like, should I be getting something? What don't I understand? At least it's exquisite. You know, it's inquisitive. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I worry about the people that don't say anything. They're like, eh, you know what I mean? But if someone's like, I don't get it that's still a bit of a quandary and a wonder, mm-hmm. right? And I think that like when you ask like, what do I want people to get from this movie? I want people to have um, an understanding, basically, 
you know, when I say an understanding of being um, that there are all different types of people that make up the military, which is something, and I don't care what anyone says, like, I'm definitely pro-truth, I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I know it's hard. They're doing something that I can't do, mm-hmm. right? Do you know what I mean? And because they're doing it, I'm able to live a different and better life, 100%. And I'll go down swinging for that, mm-hmm. you know? But I also feel that I want, you know, I, I really wanted this to sort of speak to, when I read the script, to sort of conservatives. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that, like, black folks will get it because we rarely get to see ourselves on the screen. It's sort of complicated. I knew that queer folks would get it or, you know, would be able to get mm. something out of it. But what I really want are those folks in middle America that are like, oh, I'm going to go, like, I'm an army, I'm Marines, I'm this. I want them to see this movie and to be like, oh, snap, that's right. We all are a part of this wonderful, you know, this, this military that we're a part of and we're all can be different. And also maybe to make it like, damn, like it was tough for like for some people to make it through. But too, could you imagine being also marginalized and being not only are you black, but you're also gay and you're also poor. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like those are lots of strikes, you know, in this world. And like and to be able to go into the military and sort of have that equanimity about it. Right. Are supposed to be there. Right. And to see to see someone thrive. I think that's really beautiful and I want to build that bridge so that people can, you know, people that don't look like, that are completely opposite to French, to have an appreciation for French. That's what I want. That's what I'm really hoping that people get from that. And just really quickly, what, can you go through the the steps of being a producer and taking a film like this from cradle to grave? I'll try to do that. That's a long, because we're still, we haven't delivered. But like, here's typically, and you know, I'm, thank you for asking that question because people never really realize, like, what does a producer do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. an, and it is a bit of an art form, you know, and I love doing it. But basically, you know, in this particular movie, I met Chester, who's my producing partner and Elegance, maybe two years ago, just mm-hmm. sort of at an event. Right. And they're like, we have a project for you. And I hear people saying that all the time. I'm like, okay, great. And then... A year or so later, when I took over Game Changer Films in 2020, right when before the world shut down, I got this script. And it's a little different than what it is now because you have the script that you write, Mm -hmm. the script that you shoot, the script that's an edit, and then the script that winds up showing. Mm -hmm. They're all sort of different stories around sort of hanging on the same theme. And so we got this script and I was like, this is really amazing. And I think this is something that we should put all of our eggs in because I I was able to co-finance it. And there's very few women, very few women of color who are able to write a check. And I'm grateful that I have investors who are trusting me with that. I'm so grateful for that. But this was one of the ones I was like, this is it. This hits all of the things that I want to talk about and I feel passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I want to amplify this voice because everyone, you know, they're like, who's a first timer? He's only done documentaries. And it's like, "Uh uh-uh. There's a lot of first timers out there that get the shot, that kill it. And I built up a reputation of being like, I can spot those cats mm-hmm. that are able to do that. So anyway, so read the script and I was able to put money behind it to amplify it. He was already in talks with A24 and A24 was, and the, my, this is my understanding, I'm sure it'll say it more will be illuminated, but like you need to get a producer on that has some experience and knows how to mount this. And that's why that marriage was so great because that's what I do, right? I build things from the ground up. And then also like my thing, I came up as a line producer. Mm -hmm. So 
I know how to like I'm a I know how to get on that field and make it happen, mm-hmm. right? Do you know? So we went to Mississippi. Um, uh, we found someone named Colonel Thomas Tuggle, who actually built his police academy to look like Paris Island, which was a boot camp. So we were able to do that. And it was just something, but also being able to get like truly about a hundred people together to do one project, right? And then to do and go into post with Oriana Sudu, who's our editor, and to make a cohesive story out of it. Because here's the thing that people don't realize. People are like, oh, it's like, you have the script, you just shoot the script and be like, no, life happens. Mm-hmm. People get COVID. Scenes don't work once they're on their feet. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that happen and we have to shape that in the moment and make sure that we still keep the integrity. My director, it's his story, right? So it's incredibly personal. There's certain things that he's remembering a certain way where I said before of like, just cause it happened that way, doesn't necessarily make it a narrative arc that makes it satisfying in a film because this isn't a mini series, right? This isn't like we have 90 minutes to get all of this in. So what best serves the story, mm-hmm. right? So those are all decisions that we have to make. And then at the end, you know, we were working with a distributor. I'm grateful that I had a distributor from the beginning to the end on this with A24, but a lot of times we don't. A lot of times producers, we make movies and we're hoping to sell it at market. So there's a lot of risk on the line. So those are some of the things that we do. We have to find the distributor, finish it in post, get it to like the proper festivals or front of this proper sales agents and make it happen. It's not like I want to disabuse people of the idea like this is like a sexy, sexy job and business. It's not. That's what people think. <laughs> it's about. not. It's not. about journalism. I'm like, there's nothing sexy it's about nothing being sexy. tired all the time. All the time. People coming at you. I mean, I love it. It's a big, I'm, I'm grateful right. I'm not in the cubicle making widgets. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really grateful for that. But I'm, and I'm also grateful that I'm able to amplify and tell people's stories. But truly, when you're trying to get a minimum, like a, a hundred person crew, and you have to get a core group of people to believe in you, people to put money behind something, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough and you have to be steadfast all the time and have the, like the whole thing I always say, the courage of your conviction. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, there's so many points within the process that you're gonna get knocked off the block, period. It just happens, do you know what I mean? So like that's part of a producer to make sure that the creative integrity stays strong all the way throughout. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank um, you. On the on the uh, the deadline scene to scene podcast. This was really great. It was informative. It was good to hear about how you connected with the material on a on a business and personal level. Because um, that's something that most people don't explain. But I guess most people aren't asked about that. Right. Um, so I really enjoyed learning and and and, and that question. Uh, thank you for joining. Thank you. Me again. You're awesome. I thank really you. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.